Welcome to the Sports the Show. I'm DJ Pat Nasty, and I'm here with Amy and Malcolm Marzette. And we have a full show of NFL sports coming at you today. We've got some game analysis. We've got some uh, just honest fawning over Tom Brady and his retirement. We'll discuss that. And we've got Tiny giving his thoughts on the new Washington professional football team name that was chosen today, even though it was leaked a little earlier. But we won't break. We won't talk about that. We'll talk about the name. Uh, And we're also going to break down the huge lawsuit that has been levied against the NFL by uh, former Miami Dolphin head coach Brian Flores. And we will discuss the allegations that he has levied against uh, different aspects of the NFL and its discrimination towards uh, particularly uh, particular black coaches and black executives in the NFL. But we're going to start off with the games over the weekend, as in the NFL Conference Championships, the AFC Championship had the Bengals taking on the Chiefs, and the NFC Championship had the 49ers and the Rams. Uh, the AFC Championship was probably one of the more surprising championship wins we've seen uh, in the history of the NFL in general uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals taking down the heavily favored Kansas City Chiefs in overtime after the Chiefs blew, I believe it was a 21-3 lead. Uh, 21-3. Going into the half, that's a tough one to blow, but they managed to do it. A lot of different aspects to this game. I think uh, what really did the Chiefs in, and a lot of people have speculated and discussed this, was uh, the big one was not running the ball when the Bengals were running rushing three and instead just continuing to try and force the ball through Mahomes, which has worked in the past, but it just was not playing that day. Uh, And then also the second, uh, the end of the second quarter call with letting Mahomes, you know, go for that shot to the sideline. Whereas you probably want to take it, take the points there because then you're really putting yourself in a position where you got you know a multi an even bigger uh lead that's really hard to come back from i mean 24 to 3 you're down 21 that's a little that's different than 18 you know and i know that's clear math but i mean in the nfl that's a big point swing that you have to force to come back from 21 down um and i think also my other point with that same play andy reed had already used a timeout earlier in the game to challenge a play. Not he lost a challenge and lost the timeout. He called a timeout to throw the challenge flag, which was kind of baffling. And, you know, as a little bit of a galaxy brain play or call, rather, you know, we've seen tons of coaches do that. But Andy Reid, uh, I think really messed up in that moment and uh, cost them potentially a moment to call timeout and run the kicker on the field. Again, I think if you get three points before the half, 
there, it's a different game. Yeah. And most likely the Chiefs end up winning the game. But uh, my on the other side, full credit to Joe Burrow for playing an outstanding game. Uh, just really elusive in certain plays, making all pro defensive tackle Chris Jones fall on his face. <laughs> after eluding him two times in one play and getting a pass off. Uh, Jamar Chase catching a touchdown of the game. This wasn't similar to the Bengals' big win over the Chiefs at the end of the regular season. This was much more of a kind of fly-by-your-pants Bengals, you know, overcoming a great deficit and just pulling out a strong win. It also seemed like it was a game where uh, everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Chiefs. Uh, but we'll see the Bengals in the, their first Super Bowl since 1988 uh, after winning their first playoff game since 1991. Uh, but I want to throw to you, Tiny. I know you watched the whole game as well. Uh, this is, was just an incredible matchup of quarterbacks and uh, a really unexpected win. How did you feel about the game and the Bengals uh, pulling it out in overtime? Yeah, like like you said, <clears throat> It all started for me at the end of the first half where the Chiefs end up kind of having that big lead and kind of like letting off the gas a little bit, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, and I know that's like Monday morning quarterback stuff. Easy to say in retrospect what they should have done. But the Chiefs, you know, they're high-powered off, and I think they let off the gas a little bit. Uh, so that, and then going forward, you know, there were some kind of weird turnovers and some weird clock management things going on. What I was very surprised, though, was how they treated being down at the very end where a few goal seals over, right? Yeah. And when I was watching, I was like, man, I've never seen them this conservative in the red zone or, you know, within 10 yards. Mm-hmm. But I got it at the same time. That was, I'm not saying I would have made the right call, but usually Mahomes kind of makes like a hero play, try to force it into Kelsey or find Hill because he had time on a few of those plays, but end up getting sacked. And then they get an overtime and kind of the same thing happened again where Mahomes didn't act quick enough. And I'm not sure if that's because he had too much like game management, clock management stuff in his head, but I was definitely surprised. Uh, I remember thinking, all right, Chiefs got the ball. You know, they're going to drive down and score in overtime. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, these Bengals, man, on the other side of it, they just never gave up. There's something about this story that is almost like a uh, a movie that might be produced in Ohio someday where <laughs> yeah no it, it, all the stats are so crazy like you know yeah. they were 2 and 14 a few years ago and they draft this guy Joe Burrow uh who I believe was from Ohio right he's and from he Athens Ohio yeah and then comes back it's just like the narrative yeah. is it's so amazing um both both great teams and, and mm-hmm. you know Mahomes and Reed they've done so much uh but I'm kind of I'm kind of cheering for the Bengals going forward. But another amazing game and just an amazing sequence of games we've seen the past two weeks. Um, but yeah, analysis wise, it, it did come down to these weird decisions that you have to make as a coach, and it'll get criticized in a loss. But yeah, still just really fun to watch, especially and to analyze afterwards, mm-hmm. just because it's so detailed and so like yeah, I was shocked when I was watching the end of yeah. it. I I still thought the Chiefs would do what they've been doing for years and. 
and, and pull it out. But something about these Bengals, man. Team of something destiny, definitely. And, you know, that's not taking anything away from the Chiefs. They're going to be one of the favorites in the AFC moving forward in perpetuity until that core breaks up in some way or another, which, you know, the NFL things always do happen like that. But you have, you know, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Herbert as the youth leading forward in the AFC. It's a bright future there uh, as long as they can all stay healthy. Uh, I think, you know, Joe Burrow in particular, uh, as much as he has just been kind of this offensive cannon you know this guy coming out of college didn't have the biggest arm in the world didn't have you know these intangibles that uh uh, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen had and he has just really made things work uh incredibly well in his second year I don't think he thought that they would be in the Super Bowl I know he he said that they were going to be here be around here to stay (laughs) at one point but uh, you know, the the Bengals, it, it's been an incredible run and they've got an incredible team. We'll see if they can keep pushing it forward. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, the Jimmy Chase and Jimmy Burrow picture after smoking cigars after their sons played so well, that was pretty so incredible cool. to see. Yeah. Too. But yeah, we're, you know, excited to see where the Bengals will continue to take this season. Uh, it's And the team they're going to be facing in the Super Bowl is the Los Angeles Rams, is the Rams took on the 49ers in the NFC championship game and pulled out a win. Uh, It was a very fun game to watch. I felt like, Uh, you know, how did you feel about the level of play in the game? Tiny, I know it was a bit frenetic and just kind of like chaotic in general, really with the quarterback play. But I want to get your take first on the game. Uh, What was your overall thought? And do you think it was, you know, I I don't mean to kind of ramble, but it was the the first game in uh, six straight games that didn't end regulation with a field goal. So, you know, that takes back a little bit from it. But do you think it still was one of the, you know, amazing run of games we've had in these playoffs? Yeah, I think it was I think it was a, a more fun game to watch for maybe people that are a little more into football strategy. Like I think the beginning of the game was kind of McVay and Shanahan feeling each other out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause it started kind of strange. Um, Obviously the Niners went up kind of doing their thing, but then I think the Rams came back with sheer talent and maybe McVay realizing, okay, I'm overthinking this. Cause I was thinking that and like, I was talking to my, my dad and some friends back home about it. And I was just like, guys, you got to start going to cup OBJ. Like you have to, you know, um, yeah, the Rams just, I think, outlasted them in the end with and Donald started to get really into it, uh, rushing Jimmy G. Uh, Debo played his heart out. It was a, it was a very incredible display of players that we don't always watch as much because they're on the West Coast. But yeah, it was it was it was it was enjoyable in a different way than mm-hmm. maybe the previous you know a couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, and, and kind of seeing and it's going to be there next week too, or in two weeks as well. Just it wasn't really a field advantage either, which was kind of strange. Yeah. So it was like there were all it these was like almost a, a forty like forty sixty split 
I feel like yeah. between Niners and Rams fans, which, you know, not to cut off your takes, Tiny, sorry. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, as a, a home team, you got to have some ticket restrictions or something at that point. You yeah, got to get was, some blue in that stadium, man. There was something going on there, I think, which which is part of maybe why the, the beginning of the game just felt weird. Like mm-hmm. no one was really taking control. It was Maybe boring to the casual fan, but in the end, it got pretty exciting. And just, I always say this, I say this more about basketball probably, but like, get your best players the ball. Like, get your best players the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, That move Cooper Cup made for the touchdown uh, in the second half just ended up being wide open. A few people had some drops. Yeah. But yeah, just entertaining to see two teams that don't have that big name quarterback kind of battling. I think they're both kind of second tier. People are going to talk shit about Jimmy G forever. He almost can't get away from it. But but no, that's an accurate should... statement. Both of them are <clears throat> on the second tier. I wouldn't put yeah. either as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now, but they're definitely in the top 20. Yeah. And maybe floating around 10 Stafford. Stafford's floating sl- around 10, slinging, but, you know, slinging for a to while. make only one Pro Bowl in that long of a career when, like, Matt Schwab made more Pro Bowls, you know, Stafford might have. It's a little bit of a detrimental point there. And then the one playoff win uh, before this. But I think, you know, he's definitely probably about uh, – 11, 12, or 13, depending on where you're kind of situating your quarterbacks. I don't think he's in the below the 15. I'd put Jimmy G at like 18, you know, because yeah, he's put- he, he's like the lower second tier, but he's still in the second. Like he's not, and then, yeah, he's not da- like, what's the difference between Jimmy G and Daniel Jones? One's won a playoff game, you know? <laughs> right. And that's, that's something we could talk about at length. But what I like, what I think puts Stafford that much farther ahead of Jimmy G is his mm-hmm. willingness to try to make the big play and his willingness, which he obviously sh- should when he's still a Calvin Johnson, because he has two of the biggest between just quarterback and receiver. Oh, he had the two year, biggest seasons of all time. All time. So that being said, he knows who to find mm-hmm. and he can make those reads and maybe call some audibles. I'm not sure what he's doing behind center. I can't figure out his code, but he's able to, especially in winning time, know who to go to. And I think that's what kind of propelled the Rams past the Niners in that game specifically. And honestly, my take's not as much about the game as it is about kind of the implication of the Rams winning with this traded all in, yeah. uh, you know, win now perception in the NFL that felt very NBA at the moment, giving up mm-hmm. all those draft picks, moving all that capital to secure key players that have made key moments happen for them in this postseason in particular, you know, I think that's going to be the viewpoint of a lot of GMs and owners moving forward is that you got, you know, go get that aging quarterback that's still got a yeah. couple of throws in him. Yeah. Go get that defender that's on that, that was, you know, already won their Super Bowl, but it's just kind of languishing away in, you know, this rebuild. Go get somebody instead of trying to do the damn process. 
that we see over yeah. and over again. You know, the That's Falcons great. could do it, and I wish they would do it. But, you know, defensively, instead of trying to draft a superstar every year, go get your Von Miller. Go get, a, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Go get whomever. Just get to the Super Bowl because that is all that matters in the bottom line for your team. And that's a great dichotomy for next week because Cincinnati is doing the opposite. You know, they have, yep. they, they're lucky to have two of their best players, obviously, uh, Burrow and Chase mm-hmm. on rookie contracts. Yeah. So now a that, year apart. It's crazy. That approach is completely different to where Stafford, an eating quarterback, that can obviously throw it, surrounded by stars now. Like so the only point no, like the only point I would kind of make to counter that is and you made it with the, the Joe Burrow and Stafford, they have an offensive line that is beyond inefficient. They went out yeah. and for their first round pick, they should have drafted an offensive lineman last year instead of Joe chase and that's what everyone said the conventional thinking in the nfl would have said to draft an offensive lineman to protect your quarterback who just got his acl blown out they go with jamar chase because the gm or the owner or whoever says i know this guy is a sure bet and the rest is history. They got to an yeah. AFC championship without an offensive line. And I don't think we've ever seen yeah. a team go and win without an offense. We have it. They, I mean, they set the record for the most sacks allowed and they still won the playoff yeah. game, you know? So I agree with you. They did do it through the draft, but they almost did an all in motion on the draft where they put their chips forward and they said, no, we're getting the best player that's out here right now if it's a running back if it's a wide receiver we're not doing the offensive line because that's you know at this moment we need the skills to go out and compete and throw the ball down the field and they trusted their defense enough uh but they pulled it off but i do agree with you though it is a bit of a dichotomy between the two because one was kind of almost there and then the other one was just nowhere near and they just magically got there through just sheer amazing talent but malcolm i wanted to get your takes on both games uh and then we'll move over to a uh Another near and dear NFL topic with Tom Brady, but Malcolm, how do you feel about how the championship games turned out? Well, both of the games are excellent. I think really telling of the divisions, like AFC, definitely the younger division and NFC kind of like aging mm-hmm. doing the last chance hope of all, all their pieces together. Um, but Burroughs comeback versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that's honestly like I put it more like I like to give Cincinnati credit where credit is due. But there is a lot of people just saying that like Kansas City blew it, honestly, being ahead, not taking points. Um, I also talking about the second half at the end of the second quarter, beginning of the second. uh, Yeah. End of the the second second quarter quarter. where they went out of bounds with time basically ran out. Just taking the taking the field goal to go into halftime. That that is something. But also Cincinnati made adjustments on defense, like diving at Patrick Mahomes knees, like just be able to see that that flip of the switch. 
and they've just been underrated the whole time. So if you count them out, it seems like they win. So I don't know. I'm kind of leaning. I'm still undecided yet, but I understand why people can overlook that. But you count them out again, they could just win it. Yeah, they seem like a team of destiny. And that's what we were talking about. And I mean, uh, you know, the there's not a, a set defense that just beats Patrick Mahomes. You beat him in the moment, you know, through whatever he beat himself. Well, that's what I'm saying is through a scheme that creates a frustration in him where he kind of goes and chases after it instead of leading it because the city was feeling themselves a little too much in the first half. Well, that's what I'm saying. They were they were chasing it. And also another point that uh, before we go to the the NFC side, you know, the Chiefs don't have a possession receiver outside of Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of a go up and get it guy, a guy you can throw a jump ball yeah. to and you know sure he's coming hands. down. They don't have it. It's it's that's Kelsey and that's it. And they tried to ride Kelsey and then the Bengals double teamed him and shifted it from a four man front to a three man front and almost played Patrick Mahomes like an NBA defense where they were just daring the one guy to shoot, you know, and making him him win it and he just you know this was the one game he couldn't pull it up we've seen Mahomes do it a ton of times I talked to my dad about it after the game and he said you know he's he's the most like slippery elusive quarterback he's ever seen and my father's 59 and he said you know I've never seen anyone more elusive than him I saw they were up 21 to 3 I said there's no way he's gonna lose and my dad missed the second half Right. In oh, the rest see, of the game because he, he had faith in the Chiefs. Me, that happened to me versus the Packers Niners game where like it like Oh yeah, I fell asleep a little bit half. for that, Malcolm. I'm not gonna lie. Sleep I'm not gonna lie. And the team it was snowing, I felt cozy. I was it's just all crazy. in my own bag. But, but when uh, the team starts coming back, it's interesting to see a whole team collapse like yep. that. No. No, they shit their pants. I think Mahomes will get better at it as the career goes on, but he might not be that good at front mm-hmm. running. Like he would rather be in that shootout where exactly. you know it's fast paced, more improvised. Oh yeah, um, no, he, and, he he likes to go and get it more yeah. than he likes to lead it. Absolutely. So that that could be a change, and maybe it's not the Chiefs' style per se, but you know, it, it, it's just a one game scenario. But I feel like yeah, he he became a little hesitant, and I think that's mm-hmm. clear for everyone to see as with that lead and then once it collapsed he just he couldn't he couldn't come back this time yep. but he's got a great career ahead of him of course. oh yeah and i mean if this is the worst game he's gonna have yeah. in his playoff career which i think it is because it was a bad second half um you know i've personally for my playoff team seen much worse in the Super Bowl. So I've seen a bigger lead get blown. So he, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. It's not a PTSD. Yeah, he'll be fine. They're going to be back eventually. Uh, and I mean, they hadn't been outside of the AFC championship game in the last three years. So doing something right. But Malcolm, I wanted to get your take real quick before we go to the all-time AFC champion of forever and all-time NFL GOAT and uh, his retirement 
what did you think about the NFC Championship uh, between the 49ers Rams? And uh, what did you think about particularly the quarterback play in both that in that game? I thought it was an excellent game, but one sided from quarterback play. But I saw Jimmy G make a couple of great throws, especially to Kelsey. He threw a uh, backhanded play, I mean, a backhanded throw at the final play to a running back with like I liked what Bomani Jones said. He just stuck. He just pulled his bare booty out at the end. He didn't know what to do. Gave up the booty. He gave up. He he had them on the ropes pretty early. I oh, think yeah. when Debo had him on the ropes. He found Kittle in the end zone. No, he found Kittle. It in the was end zone. Kittle, but Debo, Debo got him down there and did his thing. But the defense, there was like a play where I don't know what safety. It was a safety. I think number three. It ball caught him right in the chest. And if you just caught that interception, yeah, no, that would have been the game. Over. That man's. I can't game's remember over. his name either, Malcolm. But he is. He's had nightmares about that for a week now, man. That was a brutal miss to watch. But respect to the Rams. Um, Donald was pretty non-existent to me on the defensive side He in the, in that game. But uh, respect to him, he got there. Um, Cooper Cup is just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. He can do everything, especially block. Um, yeah. He's the most valuable player on that team by far. Stafford, I mean, Stafford's good, but you got all those weapons with Odell Beckham Jr. and then also Cooper Cup. I mean, yeah. And Stafford gets twitchy where it's like, are you about to throw the pick, man? Just calm down. Calm down. Hit him in his chest. Yeah. It's like, it's over. Just calm down, brother. You're going to make it. This is your time. Just chill out. He's under a lot of pressure. (laughs) He is. He is. But uh, I really do think the Rams are well-deserved getting there. They find it out. Um, They have ultra-talented team. And honestly, it's now or never for them anyway. So they have to, right? (laughs) Yeah, and that's going to be a big point we're going to talk about next week on the Super Bowl edition of the Sports the Show about the the differences between these two teams where the Rams are the all-in now team and kind of Mm -hmm. bucking the idea of process and drafting and just Oh, you've got to just draft well in the first round. You know, Belichick makes a lifestyle off of fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks and free agent signings people don't talk about. Uh, Rob Nikovich is one. But, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to discuss both of these teams moving forward in the Super Bowl matchup. And I think this has honestly been... uh, one of the more parody filled seasons that we've ever seen in NFL history uh, and just an incredible amount of fun in these playoffs each round outside of the wild card the wild card was a bit stale but that's normal uh but to have five straight games end in regulation on a field goal not saying the game was ended with a field goal you had two of those games go to overtime both of them by the chiefs um it, that's outstanding that is some incredible never stuff seen. and never it, seen before and this has just been a fun game literally a, a fun playoff to watch and I can't wait to see what's next. But we're going to quickly touch on the retirement of the GOAT, Tom Brady, before we get to Tiny and his thoughts on the Washington football team and then to the uh, 
allegations and lawsuit filed by Brian Flores against the NFL. But Tom Brady retired this week officially. Um, Tom Brady is by far the GOAT in the NFL. Just a quick rundown of some of his uh, more impressive records because he has a ton of them. Uh, Just his records in uh, all time. Most Super Bowl wins at seven. Most Super Bowl appearances at ten. Most Super Bowl appearances or Super Bowl MVPs at five. Career quarterback wins at 243. Career passing attempts at 11,317. Most career passing completions at 7,263. Most career passing touchdowns at 624. Most career passing yards at 84,520. Most pass completions in a season, 485. And the long Longest touchdown pass he is tied with with a 99-yard touchdown pass. Now to the more impressive records, Tom Brady playoff records, which are going to blow your mind. Tom Brady in passing yards has 12,720 passing yards in the playoffs. The next is number two, Peyton Manning, with 7,339. And then Ben Roethlisberger with 5,972. So that's insane. Uh, you you that really can't. I mean, for reference, only 171 quarterbacks have more passing yards in the regular season than Brady has in the postseason. Think about that. Uh, passing touchdowns. He has 85 touchdowns in the postseason. The second is tied between Aaron Rodgers and Joe Montana with 45. Rodgers is the remaining active leader uh, pursuing Brady. Uh, Roethlisberger so has 36 behind him, but they're uh, in fact only 13 quarterbacks are currently even within 60 of Brady's total. Uh, Brady he is also tied with Steve Young and Daryl LaMoncia with the most in a single game when he passed for six touchdowns against the Broncos. He has two seasons tied for the fourth most in a single postseason. Ten uh, with Mahomes. Only Joe Montana, Flacco, and Kurt Warner's had more in a single postseason when they connected for 11. Quarterback wins. You've got Brady with 35. Joe Montana at number two with 16. Brady's win percentage in the playoffs is 761. Uh, Let's do this one. To put Brady's success in context, he has more playoff wins than any other franchise except the Patriots, who he won 37 of their wins, uh, the Packers, who have 36, and the Steelers, who has 36. He has the same number of career playoff wins as the Cowboys franchise, who has 35 wins, and he has two more than the vaunted San Francisco 49ers. He has more playoff wins than the Jags, Cardinals, Lions, Bengals, and Texans combined. And along the way, he picked up 14 of those wins on game-winning drives, which is also a record. Elway has the second most game-winning drives with six. Eli Manning and Montana are tied with five each. To put that in perspective, if you didn't catch the stat at the beginning, the number two man behind him in quarterback wins has 16. Brady won 14 of his 35 with a game-winning drive. Brady's playoff stats 
has a couple of other key stats. He holds the career completions, attempts, uh, records. He's thrown the most postseason interceptions as well with 38. And his passing rater, his career passer rating is 91, uh, which is actually below currently Patrick Mahomes, who holds the record 105.1, which may have been affected a little bit in this past game. So all of that said, I want to get to you, Malcolm, where just how do you feel about Tom Brady? I mean, everything's been said about him. He's the GOAT. What are your thoughts on Brady's retirement and his incredible career uh, real quick? Yes, his his stats are just incredible but i always just always harken back to the year he got moss and the stats that he had actually had a superstar like probably the greatest team in the history of football and they didn't (laughs) win right right so it's just he's always been consistent he elevates everybody around him um his delivery from the pocket he always delivers the ball on target he just never has uncharacteristic interceptions he does do a lot but it's never like an errant throw that's just in the middle of the field yeah that's sometimes most of these quarterbacks who are still playing do that yeah um and you know it's just the end of an era that's all i can always say like but this one it's just you always see him in new england you know and then once he went to tampa it was like damn that's like the end of it so I'm excited to see who's going to try to take the throne or how it gets passed around. But it was pretty dope that England kind of the empire, you know, took over. Oh, yeah. All of the NFL for that long. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tiny, (laughs) how do you feel about uh, Brady and his retirement Uh, real quick before we jump into your thoughts about the grand changing of the Washington professional football team's name? Yeah. So kudos, Pat. Uh, Railing off those stats. It's a lot. But it is a lot. <laughs> I like to I like to kind of go outside the stats sometimes, and because obviously we know how great he is. He is the goat. He it is the end of an era, Malcolm. You're correct. What I loved about him that you don't see on the stat sheet is his calmness in the pocket, and then just his calmness in general. Just his command of the field, his way of not being scared. And he's been in a million pressure situations and only failed a few times deep in the playoffs and or the Super Bowl. But then he'll also go off field and it's this guy that looks like he's your accountant and he will just lay into like line like you missed that assignment i don't need to say the words you probably said but that shows me true leadership where you can see a guy on the field in pressure situation and you trust him and it's it's so much more difficult for you to maybe match how calm he is, but he's calm when he needs to be and he'll get right up in your ass when he needs to be. But at the same time, every player on his teams always talks about how much they respected him, how great of a leader he was and how great of a friend he was. Mm -hmm. And I think that's meaningful beyond stats. And I think that's what separates some of the goats and I could go more into like specifics depending on the player in question, but he is just so hated in the public and in the media Mm. and for reasons that a casual fan can't actually explain. I remember being at like bars and stuff. I hate Tom Brady. And I'd be like, why, why do you hate him? Cause he always wins. I'm like, that's what he's fucking supposed to do. No, just hating success to hate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate him. Why? I want to hear it. And, and even the people that thought he was cheating, it was BS. Like you said, it's a shit explanation. So that's the off thing I wanted to contribute as why he is the goat is just mm-hmm. mentality, his intelligence, 
his friendship with players, and it's not even friendship per se, but his leadership goes beyond explanation with stats, although his stats also support how great he was, which is why, for sure, the Undisputed Goat. I can't wait to watch some of those young players try to chase that down. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. And also to to the point you said about uh, his relationship with other players, that at the beginning of every season, uh, every single new player on whatever team he was on, the Bucks or the Patriots, uh, he would go up and introduce himself as, hey, I'm Tom Brady. I'm the quarterback. You know, he was a very, uh, he, he wasn't necessarily humble, but he was on the level where you could, you know, talk to him as a teammate, you know, and that's a good part of being a teammate. And I mean, the last couple of years with him bringing Antonio Brown into his situation and trying to get, you know, him on the team with him twice now, you know, that was also, uh, quite an incredible uh, moment for him in terms of trying to, I think, do the right thing in his mind. You know, it, it is all in, you know, the eye of the beholder, but I think in his mind, he was uh, trying to help who he viewed as a friend, which is always uh, something that's commendable. But uh, we will go forward following Tom Brady into his post-football career and whatever that may bring, and we will be discussing whatever uh, field he goes into in his post-football life. But right now, we have a big change in the NFL with a uh, very rarely seen name change of a uh, franchise in the NFL from the Washington football team. I will uh, not reveal... Well, I did reveal it earlier, as Joe Theismann did, I guess, too. But I'll (laughs) leak with him held on earlier on the show i'll let tiny have the floor now to discuss his washington professional football team name change how he feels about it and what this means going forward for the franchise tiny the floor is yours my friend thank you um i don't want to go too heavy into it uh it's emotional for a lot of people um that i know and that i'm close with but if i really kind of simplify it it's like we didn't completely fuck it up Uh, We picked a neutral name and we picked a cool logo that represents the city. Um, It kind of tracks with the Nationals and the Capitals, uh, the whole DMV area. There was was a whole voting process. Uh, I like the black unis. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think those are pretty cool. They have the the DC flag with three stars to represent DC, Maryland, and Virginia on the side. Uh, The W's sleek not risky uh the whole thing i think was just surrounded by so much political turmoil in the city and in the nation so as a capital of the nation i think we had to do something where it was pretty neutral i know a lot of old school fans are gonna be mad about it and they can still fly their flag their redskins flag as long as they want it's a it's a team that kind of reminds me of the Bengals, honestly. Like, you know, we haven't won since the early 90s, and we've been in just so much, so many things. Just I can't even, like, express how many things we've been through in the front office, the ownership. And that's D.C., though. So I'm trying to be positive going forward, optimistic going forward. I love Ron Rivera. Uh, I think Snyder finally is taking a little bit of a step back. We'll see how that plays out. But Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. I think we have a chance to, like 
compete in the future. You know, I think we got some talent um, and a name, you know, like you said, I've seen the bullets go to the wizards. They did the same thing when they changed that name. They did like a poll, like through the Washington post back then actually. And wizards is it has nothing to do with DC at all. <laughs> it, it, it really doesn't, but you know, I like to be a little more optimistic these days in my older age and say, let's have the team make the name, not the name, make the team. So I think, uh, they kept the colors and I'm happy about that. And hopefully it's a name that doesn't draw a bunch of attention that we don't need and distracts the, the process going forward into yeah. being a better team. Yeah. What do you guys think? What do you, what do you guys think about the name? Let's the go outside. with you, Malcolm. What, Maybe what's your emotional what's your thought about the name shift as a fellow nfc team uh competitor in this conference i'll get to my i mean i'm a fucking falcon so what you're the avian variety as well malcolm as an avian variety <laughs> team how do you feel about this militaristic <laughs> team coming into our turf like all the teams <laughs> i like that i grew up watching and liking you know, saints bears Falcons, Panthers, you know, I usually like animals. So I was, I thought they were going to pick an animal, but uh, a commander is cool. I would have loved a bit of a color change, you know, red, white, and blue or something like that. But uh, you're asking a lot. Yeah. There's people that are hard coded to things. And I'm like, this uh, is your opportunity well, to move forward. But I'll, what they have is cool. I like the black unis. I might get that. Also to yeah. put it in perspective, yeah. you know, a team that's, still in the city they're in not moving mm -hmm. rarely has a name change i mean yeah. i don't think that's ever happened in the history of the Imagine nfl them changing the uh you know the well colors. that's what i'm saying is <laughs> right. like it's right. like when a team moves to a new city you get the oilers to the titans you get the browns to the ravens you know so on and so forth um it, it it's it's a different thing. It's like the only thing I can really think about where that happened, uh, where the same city changed its sports team name was the Hornets when it was the Bobcats changing to the Hornets outright. I've never right. seen anything like this in sports. It needed to be done. But honestly, yeah. uh, I heard Beer Bill Barmel today on Debatable make the point, uh, or yesterday, it might have been today, actually. No, it was yesterday, uh, where he said that it felt, you know, the Washington football team felt distinguished. It felt like a European club. And I thought that, I did like you that. know, it is I like true. It. I like the Washington football team a little bit. Um, it grew on me. It really yeah, did. but to the color scheme before we get uh, to the final topic of the show, you know, the the garnet and yellow are essential to the Washington fandom just because every <laughs> single piece of or burgundy garnet burgundy is the burgundy same thing gold. burgundy and gold uh thank you it's essential to a team's identity to have their colors remain the same you know that's a even when the bullets like went to the wizards they like it, it's you can't really change colors up on people You're because then you a nation's flag then you well <laughs> you so are. so the point so the point i'm trying to make is for the average fan you know a jersey's 
not a cheap thing. So getting a new jersey isn't kind of kosher for a lot of people because when you get your one jersey, that's like, you know, when you think about average, the average football viewer, they don't have enough money usually to buy a jersey every single season. Or, you know, sports jerseys and things like that are on the extreme fringe of uh, your expendable wealth. You know, so to do that, it's like it could be a more viewed as a merchandising ploy to change colors. But I I think it's I think it's (laughs) going to work well uh, for them. Hopefully they can get command of the NFC East. Yeah. And that would be nice. Uh, but and then yeah, my closing statement. Yeah, you know, as a diehard Washington fan in every sport, yeah. grew up right there. The name is a name. Like we can't change our names as people. Yeah, like we can't actually. We we don't choose our names. Yeah, if we win, that W means more than the fucking name. Well, winning solves everything. Yeah. But let's, I mean, let's, uh, yeah, let's just win. Also, Please. tiny. Please. You know, as a Washington sports fan, has there ever been a better period for? you in your lifetime i know in the 70s you can argue with the late 70s bullets early 80s uh washington football team with the other name at that point but um right now i mean you had the capitals you had the nationals you know you've got to be riding a little high on that still as a city in terms yeah. of your sports culture. Uh, if you can get the commanders kind of rolling, I think that's just another kind of cog in a great sports city. So, yeah. you know, we'll the see. Caps and, the, the Caps and Nats did a great for us. Yeah. It's if you rank any city, every city is different. But number one is the commanders. If we win. It's oh, yeah. No, the football stuff. team unites the city unlike any any other team. Yeah, without a doubt. So, well, I'm going to be optimistic for once uh, going forward. And I, I'm fine with the name. And I love Rivera. And uh, we can talk more off season talk about where we're going. But oh, yeah, it'll be a big topic a big in the uh, post Super Bowl episodes we get into in the NFL, but uh, from one team trying to kind of put its past behind it and move forward in a more hopefully positive and progressive direction, you get now after, you know, a slew of issues in its own right, you now have the crosshairs directly on the NFL right now in terms of its racial practices of racial discrimination and its unethical practices, rather, uh, with the most recent lawsuit filed by Brian Flores, uh, with him levying allegations against the NFL, uh, against them for racial discrimination. Like I said, he also has an allegation against the Dolphins owner, uh, Stephen Ross, offering him $100,000 for each loss the team suffered in 2019 in an attempt to strengthen the value of the Dolphins draft pick, uh, which, you know, is incredibly humiliating to ask someone to do that, let alone expect them to do that. So, you know, it's ridiculous to ask a coach to kill his integrity uh, for the sake of a draft pick. Um, You also have his 
allegations of the New York Giants having already hired another coach before his interview and only having his interview go through so that they could check a box to satisfy the NFL Rooney rule. He has text messages, which... Uh, you know, have been shown on multiple news outlets uh, between he and Bill Belichick about the coaching situation for the Giants, where Bill Belichick uh, accidentally texted the wrong Brian. It was the Brian who is the defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, not Brian Flores, unfortunately. And Bill Belichick in the text, which I'm sure most people have read, uh, said he effed up. Uh, and he's very sorry about that one, but the Giants went on to eventually hire Brian Dable as uh, Bill Belichick let him know. Um, then you have the final allegation he put forward uh, between the hiring, or rather, excuse me, the interview he had with the Denver Broncos in which he said that uh, the coaching decision was basically already made and in his assumption in his uh, viewpoint John Elway and an executive of the Denver Broncos came to the interview hungover disheveled and not really taking it seriously seeming to be another one of the incidents of just seemingly checking a box for the Rooney rule. This class action lawsuit could have huge repercussions for the NFL, but Brian Flores has been on multiple shows uh, this morning, the 2nd of February, uh, discussing why he is levying these charges and why he's filing this lawsuit against the NFL. And his main message has been that he does not want other black coaches, black coordinators, and black professionals in the coaching ranks in general in the NFL to have to go through this humiliating process moving forward. And he's hoping that this will create some level of shock change and progression for the owners. But I think this also speaks and he has spoken to this point, speaks to the bigger issue of a lack of diversity and ownership in the NFL, where you have 31 owned teams. The 32nd team is the Green Bay Packers, who has a share majority ownership. You have 31 teams where you only have one minority owner in the Jaguars owner, uh, Sadiq Khan, or Shad Khan, I believe, excuse me. Uh, you have an issue in executives, in the NFL uh, being either minority and in particular of the black race, you do not have a ton of executives. You could count on one hand the amount of executives and coaches that you have that are black in the NFL today. Right now, you have one black head coach in Mike Tomlin, who has been, who is the third coach in the Steelers franchise's history. But you have Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and then Mike Tomlin. So right now in the NFL, you have four black offensive coordinators and 11 black defensive coordinators. In the NFL total, you have 58% of the league uh, being black. So when you have a majority of your employees 
of one racial background and you don't have a single owner representing, you know, that racial ethnicity, it is a bit of an issue, I think, especially in our modern society where we are acknowledging, at least some of us are, a lot of people are in the fucking sand still about this shit, uh, acknowledging the issue of, you know, inclusivity in terms of bringing different voices and opinions to the table to help represent your employment base. Uh, I want to get to you, Malcolm. I uh, said all the allegations that we see um, from Brian Flores. His uh, class action lawsuit has been garnering a ton of support since he came out with it. He seems like he may never coach again in terms of the good trouble that he is starting. Uh, but, you know, it, this whole situation is something we've talked about for a very long time now. The nation's talked about for a very long time now. And there's just been little to no movement in terms of pushing the needle forward progression wise in terms of having any inclusivity on the elite rank in the elite executive ranks in the NFL. How do you feel about the lawsuit being levied? And how do you feel about the current culture state that we're in in the NFL? Well, it's always bittersweet because, you know, Brian has to fall on the sword in order to like kind of be the shoulders for others to stand upon. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely going to be some instruction. I mean, if it's if it's affecting the integrity of the game, then it's something that will definitely address. Um, I'm hoping Brian Flores gets the opportunity to coach again. This has this doesn't this isn't about his inability. It's just a prevention of just having to interview. So mm-hmm. he's already won super. I mean, what else needs to be proved? Uh, he didn't take the money. He won games. That's why he got fired. So um, I don't know what else what what they're looking for in a coach, and I don't know criteria is, but that's the way that they're gonna allow it. There's a rule in place so class action lawsuits so i'm gonna watch this heavily but um yeah it's always bittersweet because he's a great coach and i'm also hearing other rumors that uh hugh jackson was incentivized and paid to lose service while he way out as i well. saw that as well no it, it, this story and that goes deeper to how many coaches do we know with teams like that have been incentivized i mean the amount of I mean, the correlation between the amount of black coaches that have lost their jobs in losing situations that they were kind of in a no-win situation from the jump at the higher, you know, how many black coaches have been scapegoats for draft picks? It's super, it's it's a high amount, especially how the Cardinals got Kyler Murray uh, set up. But even more than that, on the other side, how many great coaches that were excellent uh, postseason winning games that were fired just for their successor to go to Super win. One being Tony Dungy yeah. and Levy Smith, but the older mm-hmm. Tony down in Tampa Bay, developing a team and having it basically whisked away, right? Similar to what happens in the NBA. I don't want to go too far, but with the Warriors, Mark Jackson being an architect Warriors and then having Steve Kirk come in. Or no Sam Mitchell and the Raptors where Nick Nurse came in right after. And the list is on and on and on. It's bigger than sports um, and it's bigger than football. So I hope he has the ability to coach again. I really do. Yeah. Oh, even... Ali, Ali, uh, Kevin Ali, um, yeah, with UConn, he was like going, he's levying a class action suit against UConn, yeah. No, it it, a couple of weeks ago, it's a huge, incredibly, you know, 
I just want to say like just a a bigoted situation, but also just an evil situation in general in terms of people's viewpoints and how they value human beings as equals. Uh, But before we get to you, Tiny Malcolm, I just want to get your thought real quick on it. You know, you see a coach like Jim Caldwell still out there jobless after years and years of winning with Colts. He was the last winning coach with the Lions. You know, I mean, (laughs) what what chance do we have really for the merit of your coaching ability to really get you a job? I mean, before you answer that, you know, we've got B enemy still out there. You got Raheem Morris, who should, I think, in my opinion, should be the coach of the Falcons. It shouldn't be the Titans OC Arthur Smith or whatever the hell his name is, who's doing bad play calls and driving us into the dirt, you know, and you look at Dan Quinn, he's a fired head coach. He goes to Dallas yeah. as the defensive coordinator. They lose in the first game of the playoffs, and now everybody wants him as their head coach because he has the gift of Micah Parsons. You know, it's ridiculous. It is a ridiculous system. But how do you think, uh, and I know this is kind of a bit redundant because you did cover this already. How do you think in the next five years we'll have, how do you think it'll be in terms of hiring of black head coaches? Because right now we're at one black head coach in the league. We're at the lowest we've been since the 90s. Do you think we'll see a point in the next five years, even the next 10 years, where you could see potentially half the league being minority coaches? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be like half the league, but I could see like four, maybe like eight, nine, similar mm-hmm. to like the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You know? Okay. Um, I, I could just see that occurring. But uh, yeah, I, I think more executives is almost like just as important. So getting your Lewis Riddicks and everyone into yeah, the GM and Ozzie, position. And Ozzie. Yeah, Ozzie. So and also, uh, real quick, I almost forgot this point. Do you think there will ever be a black owner in the NFL? Absolutely. I, okay. I yeah. Well, not bad. necessarily ever in our lifetime. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It, it's, you know, it's something that I think is long overdue and it's something that would be great for whatever city it would happen in. I think you would have kind of a renaissance almost in terms of sports history there. So, and you just having some inclusivity that no other team would have well i would just say if it if it's not just like black owned it's just a large buying group but it's just like more of a majority you know yeah majority shareholders yeah and that's that's how it is in a lot of teams it's it's the usual suspect so lebron owning owning the browns in 2026 you heard it here first uh tiny i wanted to get your thoughts real quick uh before we end the show on the brian flores allegations the tanking allegations of an owner trying to pay a head coach a hundred thousand to lose in particular but also the uh allegations of just having you know to go in take to take an interview already humiliated knowing you're not going to get it because you racially don't have that privilege to miss that interview in terms of your professional career yeah i just want to just commend brian flores for stepping forward and calling out the league and putting people on notice that like you know we know what you're doing um and maybe sacrificing the money kind of 
like, you know, money is not the focus here. Let's let's move the league forward. And I do think that it is going to come to fruition. Um, and we always talk about it on the show, and we're, we'll probably talk about more later about the NBA. The NBA always seems to be a little more ahead. Uh, they seem to have, you know, a little more <clears throat> minority structure going forward. And I hope the NFL copies it, but it just seems like the ownership in a lot of NFL towns is kind of sticking a little too in the past uh-huh. just really phoning it in you know the Rooney oh, yeah. rule it's a rule right it's a rule <laughs> rules yeah. are made to they're be... skirting around that rule yeah rules are made to be broken that's and, right malcolm and that's what we're seeing uh but i guess i'm kind of optimistic and and yeah just to get to my first point i commend brian flores so much for just like having the the guts the guts there to like put it out there yeah because that's what needs to happen yeah uh uh, yeah, so that's that's more or less my take. So, I don't like political things that much. I know, but it, it's it, a it, yeah. it, like it, it it's a thing. It's, no. it's a thing that needs to be addressed. And I I think going forward, we're hopefully progressing in the NFL. Um, but yeah, it was upsetting when I saw it. I was like, yeah. man, damn. Well, like, um, well, I mean, like a decade that. ago, you know, this lawsuit wouldn't have even come up. You know, let's let's right. be honest. That this is the progression we're moving forward as a society you know brian flores is pulling not to be you know too on the nose but it is colin kaepernick like what he's doing with his career right now but also moving forward you have to think about this in this context majority of the owners are in the later stages of their life in the nfl you already have a broncos team whose trust of the original owner of the broncos is moving Moving to sell it so the children in the trust are trying to sell the team so you're going to have a lot of these teams open up in the future in our lifetime you could see groups like malcolm was alluding to with financial backers of different you know ethnic persuasions moving in and taking over leadership also you have the children of these owners who are in a different mindset themselves potentially moving forward and you could see some progression through that so they even so have you know they don't even have to yeah sell it all they sell half yeah or you add someone in at an advisory position or something so you're not making these huge gaffes in the modern day it's you know easy to do they're easy solutions it's just getting over your good old boy club getting over your i don't want someone that doesn't like to look like me getting over your i like to eat in a sea of white faces at a restaurant mentality you know when we can get past that shit you'll be at a better place mentally and you'll be able to have a bit more clarity in your life in terms of what reality really is versus what your forced reality is that you're putting out there hoping that it comes true you know it can make the game more fun you know well exactly exactly have more fun but uh we will continue to follow this lawsuit and all issues pertaining to it you know it's a very detailed issue 
issue. Uh, you know, we haven't even really scratched the surface of it. I would recommend you go and watch Brian Flores's interviews on CBS this morning, Get Up, and his interview with CNN, where he broke down all of these allegations in detail and why he is coming out with them right now and what he had to feel through all of those issues. Uh, but like I said, we will cover that much more moving forward on the sports the show. Uh, we will have our Super Bowl edition of our show next week, which, believe it or not, will probably be a little shorter than this episode. This episode, we went a little long, but you'll still get your normal 20 to 30 minutes of hip hop after this. It's fine. We're on Anchor FM. They've got plenty of bandwidth, plenty of data storage for us. So we'll be all good on that. But make sure to follow the sports, the show on Spotify or Apple podcast or Anchor FM, which is affiliated through Spotify. And make sure to like and subscribe and follow our Facebook page. We will have our Twitter and Instagram pages coming soon. I know I've been saying that for a year and a half, but I promise it really is going to happen. Uh, and we will keep you guys updated on everything in the world of sports. Like I said, next week, we're going to be fully in on the Super Bowl, in-depth conversations, bungles and rams. We'll see what team comes out on top. It should be which, but I think it's what. Because, I mean, what the hell are we seeing right now? But uh, as always, for the sports the show, I'm DJ Pat Nasty, and I'm here with... Tiny. And... Malcolm Marzette. And we will catch you guys next time on the sports the show. Like Max Keeble Solving mentality These cats see through biscuits Black like they burn Hundred dollar dessert Foundation for Fendi furniture K-Clip got curvature First and foremost We put in work 407's experience Provokes lessons In the smoke sessions Digi scale covered in coke resin Pen prominent Dent the continents Opulence Bodies drop when the Glock dispense Cause astonishment Cognizant coolest the forms with his collar flip Conquer shit, my conglomerates is all about a dollar bitch Consequences, cause and effect, it should be common sense Shekel, Slovakian, chopper in the bench Better box your friends Let's not pretend like I ain't a problem Your wave dissolving Stand on my square from one punch for nothing Like ancient columns Yo, well, check me out, son Yeah, hey, yo, son Rockin' exotic fabrics and projects, fucking cabin. You niggas got too much baggage. I never met a guard that was savage. Caught in the marriage of money, weapons, causing of damage. You motherfuckers belong in the carriage. Marching through Paris. Whip a Polaris, can't compare us. With underachievers, the reefer chunks in the chalice. Wonderlands with Alice, brunch in the palace. Females is on my phallus. Million dollar drug discussions in Dallas. Love balance. Blame your residence with the submachine gun to jump from the scene, something clean. I ain't heard no grievances from the team. Serve a jump to Phoenix, keeping them on the lean. Me and this paper, something you never come between. Manifest this shit from a dream, hold me up a double the screen. By the look of things, I'm on a journey to tons of cream. This shit is something supreme, yeah I mean? Yo, the saga begins. Begin-
year war. I draw first blood, be the first to set it off. My cause, tap all jaws, lay down laws. We take it with jaws, we do jokes, rust the doors. Hit kind of D's, trying to make breeze a guns toss. If full force, some team will go at your main source. My nine Taurus, hit bosses and take houses. Your whole setup from the ground up, we lock shit. Blood floods your eye, fuck up your optics. Switch to kill instincts for niggas pop shit. Your nigga know it, what's the topic? Nine pound, we rocked it. 96 strike back with more hot shit. Illuminate my team of glow like radiation with no time for patient or complication. Let's get it done right, my click airtight. Trapped in the never ending gunfights. And niggas lose strikes and lose life. Jail niggas sending kites to the street over some beef that wasn't fully cooked. Finish them off, well done me. Then said 22 slugged the ahead. Travel all the way down to LA. Hey yo, it's hell on earth. Who's next? I'm gonna be first. The project's front line, and the enemy is one time. I ain't gotta tell you, it's right in front of your eyes. And yo, what's hell on earth? Who's next? I'm gonna be first. The project's is front line, and the enemy is one time. I ain't gotta tell you. Yo, it's right in front of your eye. We rep the QBC, nigga rep yours, it's all love. Millie stacked down, heavily guarded by hollow tips, slugged, then cracked down. I wanna be thugs, adapt the gas sound and bow down. Slow the fuck up, see how I'm found now? Articulate, hitting body parts and start shifting shit. Never hesitate, it's the rap game unlimited. Sign my roster, we can do this forever infinite. Then reminisce, 20 years later, how we was getting it. Either with me, go against the grain, you better hit me. Legging me, you're robbing me, niggas better body me, cause it's a small world, the niggas talk. Like bitches, bitches singing like snitches, pointing you out in pitches. Cause she wept the beauty seat faithfully. Play you hating me, all that bullshit is just making me more the better. The concentrator getting cheddar. Your shorty set you up, you better deader. I told you, shape and mold you, son you, then I hold you like a pimp. My control you, double edge blow you, handle BI like I'm supposed to. The click is coastal, international, you local. McCarty mix, physically fixed. Hit you with shit, then I leave a loose nigga stiff, properly fixed. Son, I solved them. Them in my world, then involved them in chaos. Walk the beat like around the wake cops. The half is pissed off. QB City, Golf, all the part three. Gotti Gambino and Todd Nitty. Scarface, rest in peace. Who's next? I'm gonna be first. The projects is front line. And the enemy is one time. I ain't gotta tell you. And yo, it's right in front of your eyes. Hell on earth. Who's next? I'm gonna be first. The projects is front line. And the enemy is one time. I ain't gotta tell you. Yo, it's right in front of your eyes. Yo, the heavy metal king, whole big shit with spare clips. You see eclipse when the max spit, your top got split. Laying dead with open eyes, close his eyelids. Turn off his light, switch to darkness. It's deep in the abyss of street life. Blood on my kick, shit on my knife. Use the wild child, kick or turn him into mice. I was born to take power, leave my mark on this planet. The phantom of crime rap, niggas is left stranded. Shut down your operation, close for business. Leave a foul taste in your mouth like Guinness. POW niggas is found. MIA, we move like the special forces, green beret, heavily around my throat, I don't claim shit brand new, back in 89 the same way, the guard P, walk with a limp seat, but simply to simplify shit, no man could go against me, test me, you must be Benzie, don't tempt me, I had this full clip for so long, it needs to empty, the reason why I fall for so long, cause I don't waste it, you properly hit, blood in your mouth so you can taste it, quiet is kept, I lay back and watch the world spin, I hear thugs, claiming that they gonna rob the mob when they see I'll tell you what, Black, here's the issue, it's a package deal, you robbed me, you take these missiles along with that, I ain't your average cat, 
fuck rap I'm trying to make cream and that's that Whatever it takes, I have it, got to go down Four mics on stage, a motherfucker four pound Speakers leaking out sound, and niggas leaking on the ground I could truly care less, the guard gon' get his Regardless, blow for blow, let's find out who it hardest This rap artist used to be a stick-up artist Sometimes I test myself, see if I still got it Alive niggas stay on point, never disregard shit Or forget the essence from which I emerged PS6 and say that bullshit for the birds Live up to my words, if I got beef, niggas coming in hers We flush through your click and purge Grab a leaf, gunman, gold trophies, triumphant, filled with two, two Cali for ten constructions, Ukrainian lunches, slim little poked out belly cat, the regiment calisthenics and punches, living off the land with a blade, for all my trappers with a trade, still sharp and still the goal is to get paid, my sponsors specialize in custom made rocket launches, this ain't a rap fantasy, niggas to stop your concert, run through the crowd, rob a couple supporters, stick up the ticket booth, pistol whip the promoter for having you, my 380 tuck for what? Eight ball corner pocket that's game to lose. I gotta rack em up. Bread off of gun shells and knowledge yourself. In the city where summers reach about 112 and 20. A bunch of goonies going loony, edgy and moody. In the ghetto with some movie, we barbecue. For all my hood legends, make them respect your name. Double up on your price, you know it's good, brethren. Drought season, my click eating. Every weekend, paperwork, million dollar meetings. <laughs> Count on my cash flow, the ghetto's cash flow, rally supreme. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the next level. Medalliano, relax, Air Max, fuck off a stack. Peace to myself, Sajada Lajo. The greater take a barrel to a bank, and we can pull off a lick and stand on posts like Assalamualaikum. Believe me, you never in your life seen fly. The piece on the link, the size of a bean pie, locked in a uranium case for the main event. Blaze the eighth and make stadium cake, crush your customs. Overlord the money spot, they've been roughing. I was born like this, so ain't no change in nothing. Pearl handles, burn out candles, it's kind of sickening. I'm about the chicken, no Colonel Sanders. My karma suture sips the organic kombucha. As the shorty knew that I would have an odd future. Official, my thoughts is cold like the fisherman's wharf. Cali is Cali, but this is the north. Where the coach is, the pistol. And fiends don't want crack, they want crystal. Meth in they pipes, left in the night, missing. A bunch of goonies going loony, edgy and moody. In the ghetto with some movie, we barbecuing. For all my hood legends, make them respect your name. Double up on your price, you know it's good, brethren. Drought season, my click eating. Every weekend, paperwork, million dollar meetings. Silky hair, bright red nails, perfume smells. Go ahead with your fine ass self. Open the door for you, smooching your forearm. Let you touch on my drum. Go two step to Sade song. Says he dip down your spine. Start from the top to your back. I let my fingertips touch all on your tats. Suicide doors in the X coupe jack. Like the dust in the hash. I pray and hope that the pussy not trash. Summer nights with the top down. Fox brown, I'm ready to hound. Curse how exactly the friction was sound. Very white music squeeze on your bosom. I'm not a hoodlum. Safe me, baby gave a kiss. Okay, we good then. Slid off her panties so elegantly. Play with herself. The breeze, it felt so windy. I leaned and licked on my fingertips. Pussy juice all on my lips. Strange sweet taste all in the mist. Slowed down, parked by a cliff. Couldn't wait to give her the dope dick. Guns of the fifth Christian Brothers cognac sip. About to get on some freaky wild shit. Yo, Supreme, yo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 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 
bro. I was like, I got This is how the streets will defeat you They say that money talks But then when it speaks it's deceitful You know some thieves got receipts too Why waste a couple thousand on fancy shirts You could bleed through My hands be hurt when I beat you On the street you couldn't work for McDonald's That shit beneath you But in prison my potato for a dollar This shit is lethal Too cerebral for you average thinkers Tried to invade my home But couldn't get past the sprinklers Stay afloat, they have to sink us Look past your blinkers when you ride for me That's real shit I went to war and survived Because others died for me, lied to me, that'd be your worst offense, earth to friends, murder made me nervous on my first attempt, I worked again, how I rest in peace when all my peace lost, no remorse, a lion can't be concerned with all of you sheep's thoughts, I breathe sharks, drown in a pool of blood to pursue a grudge, the lines blurred between who you hating and who you love, vengeance, rage, revenge, wrath, you gon' feel the brunt of this pain when blocking my path, feel this fury, hate, anger, wrath, Heroes don't exist when it's time for villains to clash. Feel his vengeance, rage, revenge, wrath. You gon' feel a brunt of this pain when blocking my path. Feel his fury, hate, anger, wrath. Heroes don't exist when it's time for villains to clash. Watch you to shoot him. No! No! You tell me, you tell me that's not true. That's not true. Come vengeance, Dave. Ah, she's alright. You tell me. Come. Wrath. My diction is clean, so I never have to stutter. Flashy colors, vision is gritty, just like the Safety brothers. Nasty gutters, nothing was promised. We barely had each other. Ashy mothers borrowing dollars, filling up half the cupboards, past the covers. Cold as the North Pole for these lost souls. Lord knows it's all in the family. Nothing like Sally Struthers, Daddy grudges. Could have been out this ghetto that's had he loved us. Died of a horrible sickness. Shit, look, I'm glad he suffered. Chatty suckers gossiping out his own in a Randy in '95. Was live, had the cordless phone in the Camry. A soldier knows what the candy should never judge a predator preying on food as long as he brought it home to his family. I brought the crow for you, trannies. That's what I call a switch sider. Corny niggas disguised as hustlers and brick buyers. Forget priors. I'ma be richer doing this stand up nigga shit. Don't slit your wrists, I ain't finished torturing liars. Vengeance, rage, revenge, wrath. You gon' feel a brunt of this pain when blocking my path. Feel this fury, hate, anger, wrath. Heroes don't exist when it's time for villains to clash. Feel this vengeance, rage, revenge, wrath. You gon' feel a brunt of this pain when blocking my path. Feel this fury, hate, anger, wrath. Heroes don't exist when it's time for villains to clash. I won't deny my own personal desire to turn each sin against the sinner. Wait a minute, I thought. All you did was pull in the same people.
feelings so the bitches and the niggas know who ain't Sophisticated hustler, a musical poem soul. The first word, my weight in gold. I make the uncle came free, based it on the stove. Wives calling, parking, parking lots of rocks. The chronicle, like Riddick, nipping all alone for digits. Not no digital. Fans criminally mind the individual. Scratch off the cereal to turn you back to soul and material. It's crazy what it look in the mirror, do. It's crazy when you realize that it is you. Everybody ain't solid, you live a uh, Live a for what? Big what? words for Mr. Jules. Jules. Inside, that's the hydroponic lifesaver. Travel to the mind, that's the hyperbolic time chamber. I supply fly day, make the nine shine like a lightsaber. Not a street fighter, never like Vegas. Genesis like Sega, don't hate the play. Yo, the great flavor vibes, Alpine Lotus, style wave, blade, sound groundbreaking. Clown your album, sound basic. Swerve it downtown, turn the car chase. Burn it down, apartment, stay case. Crackhead, crazy. Say, yo, used to play PlayStation, now I play the station and they play us. Seven ounces of brain be dangerous. What is a will, there's a chamberlain uh, Them and your mama ones, you bout to hang with them The slang made a gator skin, Asiatic black king Faded black mask again, brought the bank with my Africans To get back at them, shorty grabbed the master javelin Splash marvelous, and you can never really be the greatest While I still exist Running in and out. 
out yo bitch about nine inch up the clip can you feel me coming uh, yeah i usually make them shit i shine some seeds up for auction so i can sell them on saturday keep put the bat away let's lay in the cut so we can break his whole anatomy down and turn it to an ass kicking holiday word i rose with the funk lord with more flavors than them motherfuckers on them dinner time billboards he's bleeding get the gores he sure the new death squad crew is who i kill for push the clip and slide the top back make sure soft safety in case he wanna counteract shit like that get me vexed so i crack your ass like corn while your bitch crack my back So you won't forget the Blackjack the Ripper Sorcerer offering y'all with techniques A universal lingo with the R speak Control more blacks than Harlem weak Freak, smoking that leak at full peak Peace to Greg Street and underground radio technique College radio, no I match shit like Maceo Yeah, the East Coast, West Coast dick giver I ought to be a Nauki the way I hit liver Deliver the milk to your door real raw Shit you never seen before So when you come inside Watch the double pump shotgun and please don't run Relax your minds, let your conscience be free And get money and G's and roll these trees I'm 
Oh, shit. 